Um, yeah, every day this week, we're going to spend a few minutes talking about um, the workaday world such as it is in September of 2022. And we know that can mean different things to different people, so we'll cover some different topics. Um, but overarching, I think it's for a lot of people, it's a return to work or the normal workplace. For some, uh, you know, it's it's the restart. Uh, we've got a real labor shortage in some sectors. Uh, we've got employees that are in a position to sort of demand different things from prospective employers, um, different work relationships and arrangements where some people are working from home and working from home part-time and all kinds of things. Big, big changes regardless. One thing we've been hearing a lot about recently, it's a big, big deal uh, on social media, is something called quiet quitting. And this is where it all started. This is the TikTok video that started the quiet quitting revolution. You're not outright quitting your job, but you're quitting the idea of going above and beyond. You're still performing your duties, but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. So that's essentially what quiet quitting is. Obviously, there's a lot more to it, but um, it's essentially saying, okay, I'm going to do what you pay me to do, and I'm not going to get into the above and beyond. I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, we'll see if that's a good idea and maybe why some people are going to do it. We're going to chat with Dr. Maria Kordowitz, who's an associate professor in organizational behavior at the University of Nottingham. Dr. Kordowitz, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you very much for having me, Shay. Glad to be here. So when we talk about quiet quitting, I mean, in a nutshell, basically, it means not going above and beyond, doing exactly what you're paid for. But can you give us a bit of a better definition? What does that mean? What does that look like? If you're an employer who's quiet quitting, how do you approach the day? Yeah, good question. And I think we have to remember that our ability to engage with our work fluctuates throughout the day. So I think all of us, to some extent, have quietly quit in our working lives, whether that lasted or not is another question. But in essence, it's doing the minimum required to get by in your job without letting it seep into other areas of your life. So it might be that you want to find a better work-life balance, and you don't, as you say, go above and beyond in the workplace. So you may not be working outside of your allocated work times. It might be that you are working to contractual demands only. And you're no longer putting that relentless productivity that's talked about on TikTok, you know, that hustle culture yeah. above your well-being. So, so we could argue that it's a bit of a coping strategy. And I say that because I'm a psychologist by background. So doing only what your job description requires and you protect yourself from overwork and potentially burnout too. So is there one reason? Like, is it uh, restoring work-life balance? Is it protecting yourself? Is it freeing up time? I mean, I guess all those things sort of work hand in hand, right? Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think it's multifactorial. I think there's something about the period we are in. You know, as you described at the beginning, the world of work is changing. Yeah. And our relationship with work is also so I guess the question here is, is it a good idea? I mean, is this a, a smart strategy for somebody who is employed and wants to remain employed? It can be. I think in the sense of, well, look, there are boundaries that we put into place. We want to nurture a better work-life delineation. And for a lot of us, lockdowns meant that that yeah. work-life balance, the delineation really got blurred. And I think people are coming out of that really quite fatigued and exhausted. And it might be that they just cannot give as much as they could, be it for a period of time or longer term. I think people are also thinking about, well, what's meaningful to me at work? 
and how may I go about seeking it? And no longer is that, you know, staying till kind of 9 p.m. in the evening. It's perhaps connecting with other areas of me. So nurturing my family relationships, for instance, reconnecting with nature, with reading, you know, whatever you're into, but creating the time for that. But I think, you know, there is a bit of a line as well where there may be some negative effects of quiet quitting. So if our disengagement goes too far, our work is no longer enjoyable. It can undermine our kind of sense of professional identity longer term. And then if we work part of a team, it's important to be mindful of the impact of us withdrawing our efforts on others. uh, Because then colleagues may well have to take on more work risking burnout themselves. I've also seen talk of quiet quitting maybe seen as something that could undermine chances of promotion. Sure. But I think if promotion is based on people overworking, then really the organization needs to question their (laughs) promotion criteria. So I think for me, the concept is most helpfully defined as working within the remit of one's role. I think you hit on something really important, though. You need to know the atmosphere that you're in. And um, like you say, you're going to have some organizations, some managers, some bosses who will handle that much differently, whereas it could be a real black mark for some and others might say, you know what, okay, you're making a good point. Let's see if we can accommodate that. You need to have some understanding of the situation you're in, right? Yeah, very, very true. And for me, and I've been saying this a bit on the circuit, there's a danger that this becomes a way of individualizing the problem. And what I mean by that, we really focus on individual workers. So I've seen workers as being labeled as lazy or snowflakes because of what we've been calling the quiet quitting trend. And and I've observed this in the media. And really what quiet quitting ought to be a springboard for is seeking organizational solutions. So employers, supervisors, bosses, reflecting on, well, what can we do to make things better, not only for our workforce, but also for ourselves, because, of course, bosses are workers too. They too may feel like quietly quitting. They too may well do so. So things like appropriate workload, thinking about our work-based policies, all of those I would hope would be really advantageous results to come out of this discussion that we're all having. So ultimately, if you find yourself in a position where you feel like, you know what, maybe I do want to take a step back, I want to re-examine my work-life balance, is your best approach quiet quitting and just saying, okay, I'm going to do this? Or would it be perhaps more productive to have a conversation with your employer and see if you can't come to an agreement somehow? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And, you know, to what extent do people have those kinds of relationships with their employer? That could be a tricky one. You know, some of us may work for quite faceless organizations where actually there isn't the trust or that I talk about psychological safety, you know, the extent to which we can take risks in drawing boundaries in saying where we stand. That's not afforded to all of us. So for some, quitting quietly, you know, doing the bare minimum, still meeting your contractual requirements, but switching off from that particular role, maybe, maybe seeking slowly a role elsewhere, which will feel more meaningful to you, could be the only solution for many. Dr. Kordowitz, fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate your time today.